0: Hey there, if you would like ad-free and early versions of these episodes, as well as bonus episodes, movie club episodes, and lots more, head on over to patreon.com slash Craig and friends. Make believe is not pretend, we might be Ill, but we on the mend. it never starts, it never ends, welcome to Craig and Friends, welcome to Craig and Friends, welcome to Welcome to part two of my original chat with the fabulous six. And if you thought six went through it in part one, well, wait till you hear part two, which is going to start right now. What was going on then after you and Sebastian parted ways and you were caught? I
1: just, you know what? I decided that I needed a change of life. I needed a change of pace. I needed a change of scenery. And I went down to visit a childhood friend in North Carolina and um, I just fell in love with it. It mm-hmm. was so different than anything I had sure. ever known. I mean, North Carolina is beautiful. Yeah. Um, it was warm and it was winter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a big bel- thing. I it's, couldn't yeah. <laughs> believe it. I was walking around in a tank top in January <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So, um, and then of course, you know, I saw the potential <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of all those country boys down there. And um, <laughs> that really changed my mind super quick. So I went, I stayed in uh, North Carolina for two weeks, came back to Detroit in a week later. I was in a U-Haul on my way back to, on my way to North Carolina. Wow. I moved to North Carolina. I was there in Charlotte for maybe three to four months before I met a guy who was originally from North Carolina, yeah. but now lived in Miami. Oh, okay. And I fell in that 19, like that, that, that 19, 20 year old love again, that uh-huh. instant, like obsession. This um, is the one. This, this is, is the... I have finally, now I understand what all of the, now I understand why Sebastian happened. I understand why Sean happened. Yeah. And here he is. And, um, I moved to Miami
0: wow. <laughs> three months later. <laughs> um, at least it was still warm in the winter.
1: I mean, it was beautiful. I had never yeah. been to Miami. I'd never been to really like... Um I had never really lived in that type of tropical environment sure. before and so it was all just again I was living the fantasy. I had yeah. met my dream guy. I mean this guy was fucking beautiful mm-hmm. Um, and literally the most breath breathtaking
0: person I had ever seen and, and, and uh, just to go back to for a minute to uh, North Carolina Now, what was the drug use uh, when you were in North Carolina? None none okay interesting so you had stopped
1: in charlotte
0: in charlotte in charlotte i
1: was like "Mm," you know like i dabbled a little bit but i was not like out of control like i was about to be. I see. Okay, um, I moved to Miami and opened me up to a whole other area of the alphabet that I had never really liked. <laughs> I had never, I had never known nightlife like that. I had okay, never yeah. known uh, the gay nightlife to be like that. I had never known an environment so warm where it's just year round. Like right. you're not, you're not conf- conf- conflicted by any Outside, I mean, you just fucking party all day long. It doesn't yeah. matter. And
0: it's nice all the time. The club yeah.
1: closes at two and opens again at two 30. Really? Like, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just, I mean, or, you know, in Miami, I think, to, yeah. I think they, they close at four and then open again at six. Wow. So, I mean, there's a two hour window there where you just, you go home to take a shower, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. <laughs> grab a pair of sunglasses and head right back on out. Yeah. Yeah. And we did that. Yeah. Um, the guy that I was dating at the time was, uh, you know, really wanting to be a model and he was really like going hardcore at like trying to model. Yeah. And that was the first time where I ever looked at myself in the mirror and was like, Hey, I could probably do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tried to, you know, develop a modeling career and started standing in front of the the mirror yeah. as, as a boy drag had by far been, you know, way gone. Um, okay. Yeah. It wasn't until, um, you know, after Sean, I stopped doing drag right? because I realized I was never going to find a partner. I was, oh, okay. gonna, I was never going to, I was never going to find a boyfriend that was okay with me doing drag. So I put her in the box. Uh-huh. When I put her in the box, I never looked back. I gave all my stuff away. I didn't even sell it. I wow. literally just gave all my stuff away. Yeah. And, um,
0: did you feel that you were missing anything during this time? In, in that regard, did you feel I mean, like of a-
1: course, I always carried pictures so I could, you know, reminisce and yeah. I could show people. Yeah, of course. You know, what yeah. and where I had been um, because it almost started, I started becoming so far removed from her and from that life and from my past that it almost didn't seem like it ever really happened.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: and so I guess in Miami, I just kind of became a whole new person. Yeah. You know, I was a hairstylist. I was very successful. I had a lot of money um, that I had saved. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, you know, it was the Clinton years. Sure. Uh, Yeah. You know, so I had saved quite a bit of money for myself. And, uh, also
0: I'm sure, you know, growing up and even your first, set of jobs you got used to living on very reduced means. So you carried that over maybe. You
1: know, it's so crazy to me how much money I spend now on in rent in Los Angeles. And uh-huh. I talk to people that live in the places where I used to live and they're still spending the same amount of money for the rent that we paid twenty years ago. Well, yeah, yeah. It's mind blowing
0: to it's me. It's wild.
1: So yeah, you make a lot of money and you don't spend a lot to live. Um, yeah. here, I mean, good God. <laughs> I know. Swear to God. I know. I'm so
0: <laughs> grateful to have a rent controlled yeah. place. Especially yeah. where it is. Same. You know, and yeah. uh, it's, I'm never leaving it until I buy it a house, I mean, I hopefully someday.
1: Just, you know, I mean, we'll get to that too. But I mean, I just got an apartment.
0: Oh, wow. You know, right.
1: after being homeless for quite a while.
0: And we'll we'll definitely get to that. Yeah. Uh, but so Miami, you're partying all the time, You're, but you're doing well. You have your hairstylist. Yeah, I'm doing and...
1: well, you know, I mean, I I was, you know, working in nightlife and I, I started, you know, getting to the place where I was like, oh shit, I'm going to probably have to get a job here soon. I started working at a place called cafeteria. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, you know, a New York based styled race restaurant, like a home style cooking restaurant and, um, started working there and started meeting celebrities and, you know, was just, you know, part of the nightlife. And, you know, my boyfriend at the time was very noticeable. And so I started emulating his behavior, Sure, started dressing like him, started, you know, pursuing the same things and and goals that he wanted. And we developed this relationship that was very, um, uh,
0: symbiotic or it
1: was very competitive
0: oh, competitive. You know? Okay. Sure. He, but he
1: was, you know, you have to, he was six foot four, six foot five. I'm five foot 10 on a good mm-hmm. day. <laughs> um, and so, you know, in Miami, I mean, here he is, he's going out for these modeling gigs for, you know, swimsuit companies and I'm following right behind him trying to get the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, you know, walk down the, we're, we're, we're doing this runway shortly, you know, shirtless, um, or, or shoeless. Oh, okay. You know, and that's when the gig was up for me. That's when I had to, that's when I had to leave. I had those rolled up socks in the bottom of my shoes just to give me that extra two inches, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I was, I was living the dream and I was, I was very much in love with the person that I was with Mm -hmm. and we experienced uh, drugs, you know, in in a capacity that I had never experienced them before. And um, it was okay. Again, I was safe and we partied and we had a good time, but then it got, you know, scandalous and it got, you know, not safe and it got concerning and Uh um, distrustful. Um, and so we started being competitive and distrusting each other. Oh, it's and, a we bad were living, combo. and then we started realizing maybe it's just the city. So we moved back to North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, where he was from and where I had just moved from. And, um, I decided I was going to open up myself a, a salon, Oh wow! you know? And, um, so I found some investors to invest in me, open up a salon and I, um, was I was the, we were the only people of our kind living in that part of the state. And so we kind of were really well known really quickly and everything again was accessible to us. Yeah. Um, started drinking, um, which is something that I didn't do, um, a lot of, Um, and having my own money and having my own space and I turned the key and my name was on the door and I created, you know, just the environment and I hired the people, right it gave me a lot of, um, responsibility and it gave me license to be an asshole. I'm not saying that it was okay that I was that way, but that's the way it felt. It's like, I make the rules, I decide it's my world and you're just lucky to be a part of
0: it. And, you know, hair salons are an interesting world anyway, because mm-hmm. that can happen. It's just like a rock star thing because you're the number one.
1: Oh, and we were, definitely. We were the number one. We had the most talented people yeah. in that portion of the country right. right there. And I really abused my position. Uh-huh. I let my investors down. I had my first salon for three years and then we built another one that was much bigger because we were really successful and we wanted to continue for another, you know, however many years, five years, I think it was. And, um, I really abused my position. Again, this is the time that my friend is dying of cancer and she's really sick and I'm, I'm struggling with it because I, the one thing that I've constantly been in my life is about to not be there anymore. Yeah, sure. Um, I also had stopped dating that guy that I moved from Miami to North Carolina with and started dating somebody else. And, um, he was a, um, he was here on a J one waiver, which is like a, um, a student visa to come here from another country, Uh came here from another country. And then he had stayed overstayed his welcome for like, I think 10 years, <laughs> so it was like, you know, he was a refugee, like yeah. like I and also like um he was in hiding, you know. Yeah, sure. He was afraid that they were gonna send him back. If they ever sent him back, he would never come back. Right. And um here I was met the guy that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with and he was being torn away from me. So now he's being torn away from me. My best friend, Christina is being taken from me. Yeah. And, um, and the drug use drug use just continued to spin and out of control. Sure. Yeah. Out of control. I end up in a situation that I could not get myself out of Yeah, and I had to leave.
0: So the situation would be,
1: um, I just was really sick. Okay. I was really sick and it didn't look good for me.
0: And this was, uh, in terms of what substances, Coke and meth or no, uh,
1: no, 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 no. There was never, there was never any meth, um, there it was just cocaine, okay. but it was cocaine and alcohol, but like on top of it, it was, it was my train of thought the way that I was thinking, the, the poor me, the, you know, self
0: pity and the, and
1: the lying, you know, I was, I was lying. I was deceiving people. I was, um, I I was, uh, I I was being extremely deceitful. Mm -hmm. I was living two and three different lies. Um, and I was trying to stay afloat in an area that really didn't, I didn't belong there anymore. Sure. You know, I didn't belong yeah. there anymore. I had yeah. nothing keeping me there. Yeah. And everyone had, that I had moved there for wasn't there anymore. And, um, or had betrayed me. And I use that in quotations. Yeah, you know, sure. I'm, yeah. You can say I'm, I'm doing yeah, their the there, there air quotes. Yeah. There, the yeah. air quotes, you yeah. <laughs> know, I, I, I had been betrayed and, um, And uh, I ended up leaving and I thank God I did, you know, I got to be with my best friend in her last months of life Uh
0: Um, while
1: she was healing from that I was healing from something else. And, um,
0: did you just, did you close the salon? Did you sell it? Did you No,
1: the investors ended up taking it from me? Um, which was great. I signed over all my, my responsibility as far as, you know, ownership and, and, you know, owing them any money Uh or, or partnership. Um, and, um, and I left and, you know, looking back on it, I mean, I'm glad that it happened the way that it did. But I mean, I think about it now a lot. And I'm like, Oh, man, I those people really were counting on me for a place to do their job. And I was taking advantage of the situation. I mean, they there were times when you know, I remember one of the hairstylists came in and she um, I had just partied there the whole night. I mean why go home
0: right. <laughs> right. i need to go home yeah sure
1: I, I just drink there and and i'll do drugs there and i'll have my dealer meet me on my last client and i'll pay him with everything i've earned for the day yeah that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, struggle it. and yeah. cycle that it was yeah you know it was like i mean is this boring what? It's boring isn't it uh, No, what it's, it's just so to hear? or to
0: da- yeah it's just i mean it's just no i think it's interesting to hear because uh It's
1: just crazy to me, like somebody, it almost seems like it wasn't mine. Uh Uh-huh i was definitely a different person sure i'm i'm just that happens though people people
0: change throughout their lives thank
1: god i have but i mean i'm listening to myself talk about it and i'm like god this is fucking ridiculous like what an (laughs) asshole this guy is and i i then i remind myself i'm talking about myself right right. which is fucking crazy
0: yeah it Um, must be a head spinner yeah it
1: is it is and i guess that's a good thing that's the that's right
0: yeah if you were like
1: if it still resonated with yeah. me, I think it would be like, "Uh Oh, I was problem having, here. I was having great times. I'd love to get that going again. I wish that I
0: had a system like that. You now. know
1: what? I'm not quite done. No. I mean, what a fucking asshole. You know, I just think about the people that, you know, put their trust in there and invested money into me. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, the, my, my ex's uh, brother is the one that helped me build the salon and he put his time and energy into it. And me and my partner at the time, we were going to both work there and yeah you know then it just became again so distrustful and yeah and and everything became so dark
0: yeah and dysfunctional and great. what was your what was your mood state like in, in terms of interacting with the other people that work there
1: fucking owed me
0: something you know oh, sure. everyone
1: owed me you know you you want a freedom in your creativity and you want to work in an environment that you're free to be whoever you want to be great but now you owe me and the way you pay me is by letting me do whatever the fuck i want to do
0: and never questioning, it and
1: and it how dare you fucking question me? Yeah. How dare you question me that it got to that point where I was like, so belligerent and so out of my fucking mind that I was treating people that I loved and cared about as if they didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mattered more. And, and it was almost like one of those, I mean, I I always say I'm obsessed with like, I'm obsessed with anything historical that involves like, uh, Kings or Queens. Sure. That's exactly how I was acting.
0: Okay. Yeah
1: you it's either my way or off with your head it was horrible i could not believe that that's a, uh, the person that i had become yeah but i never recognized it i recognize it now of and it course makes me yeah. feel horrible and maybe there's something i need to do about it but i feel like what well, I'm, as long
0: as it doesn't rear its ugly head again i mean which no, it just feels like it won't it, well but, but
1: that's that's the reason why i talk so freely about my life now because i never want i, I never want someone who doesn't know me to be introduced to me as that again yeah. so i have to continue being this person and keep walking through these doorways where i am uh responsible for myself responsible for my sobriety responsible for my mental well-being my mental health my safety my security my home life like i'm responsible now i'm a responsible yeah. human being who doesn't behave that way who doesn't act that way who doesn't treat others that way and um you know it's It's tough. I live in West Hollywood, California, (laughs) among some of the most excruciatingly challenged people in the world um, who are, you know, and I work in an environment that's not conducive to wellness. True. That's Um, very true. Yeah. So I'm constantly fighting with myself and with other people about how you treat other people. And I remove Mm -hmm. people very quickly from my life who don't treat me the way that I know I need to be treated because I know that it will, it, it will resonate in me starting to think that that's okay
0: yeah sure it has a domino effect yeah
1: absolutely not i won't I won't allow myself to be that person ever again, so yeah. I keep showing up, I keep talking about the things that are important to me, which is recovery and yeah. which is wellness, and being a member of my community again, however I can possibly do that
0: right you now, know, so how long was it from? the time of the salon closure. And then you moved back to Detroit. It never
1: closed. It still exists. It still exists today
0: from the situation.
1: Yeah. Um, so I moved, uh, in 2013, uh, no, 2008, 2008. I moved from, uh, uh, North Carolina to Columbus, Ohio. My best friend passed away. Um, the, Uh December of two thousand nine is when I made my way to um uh Los Angeles. Oh wow. I took three and a half days to drive here. Yeah. And I knew not a single person. Wow. Just moved here with everything that was in my car, and I said I'm I've got enough money saved up. I bought myself a car. I rebuilt myself back in Columbus after like a year and a half ish. And um I was determined to make it met my grandmother on the, on the way for the first time in, wow. since I was a child, yeah. um, got to know her for a couple of hours, like a couple of days before I moved out here to Los Angeles. And then I became everything. I had never been out there,
0: Okay, which, which is... was,
1: uh, um, a real monster. Really, It got real bad.
0: And how did it start? So you land in LA and which it can be a difficult city, even when you know one or two people. And I recommend anyone who thinks about moving here, hopefully, you know, someone out here, or maybe if you do, and you haven't been in contact with them, check in with them because it can be very isolating.
1: Well, it's, it's not only isolating, but it's almost encouraged to behave as others do in the city.
0: That's a good point as well. You know, yeah.
1: it, you start picking up and you start mirroring and mimicking people that are around you and you start behaving like they do. And not everybody out here as well. <laughs> That's very
0: true. Very true. You know, and also a lot of times when people say things like, Oh, uh, LA chews people up and spits them out. I, I always feel that it's the person themselves that chews themselves up and spits themselves up because you can latch on to scenes or, um, friend groups that are not, Good for you, but it seems like an easy thing to do, but once you can repel that, then you're okay. Well, what the do you
1: greatest think? thing about Los Angeles is that there's so many diverse groups of people to belong to yeah. and so many cities within a city, yeah true that you literally can go from West Hollywood to Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills to Santa Monica, Santa Monica to Venice. You can live in a different city every night of the week if you choose
0: to yeah, and also if there's someone that you don't have good dealings with and you never want to see them again. You won't. You're only a couple of blocks away. You'll never see them again. Never ever. And if you do run into them, it won't be what you think it's going to (laughs) be. That's exactly right. You know, you can
1: always leave. Yeah. Um, And and, also,
0: there's an element of aspiration to everyone that moves to LA. Yeah. Which is a good thing. It can be a bad thing depending on the type of people. It can be great if you stay focused. If you lose focus and you lose sight of what's
1: really important and what you really came here to do, which was succeed in what your dreams were, um, it it can be great. You know what I mean? It can be great if you just, if you stay focused. I didn't stay focused. I got caught up with the, what were people telling me? You know, you got to get out and network. You got to meet people. You got to, you got to socialize with everyone. Well, that socialization and that networking led me into the nightclubs and the nightclubs led me into all the people that were doing all the things that I was, very much accustomed to doing all the alphabets and so i started i start a b c d e f g again yeah you know and but now i had no one in my life that was going to hold me accountable and i also had no one to rescue me Right, right. Um I had completely uh completely um cut separated the, and yeah. cut off myself from everybody that I had known back home um again because I was ashamed. Of course. Now I was ashamed of my behavior and I could never go back. Yeah. Um I could never go back and face the way that I treated those people. Right. Um and that's just sometimes what we have to do. It's I'm not saying that uh, that I I am proud of of who I was then, but I am going to tell you now I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Which is
0: a very important thing. I'm yeah not
1: ashamed of that person anymore. Yeah. That person definitely had to happen in order for me to be where I'm at. So I hope that anybody that's listening that, you know, resonates or anybody that recognizes me from, you know, that person back then can understand, yeah. you know, and, and see that it, you know, it's part of the process. Um, but you know, I came here and I went, uh, slowly, down the roll and that's the part of you know los angeles where i talk about there's so many different groups of people yeah. so i started out get you know uh with the middle uh-huh. move my way quickly to the top yeah and then started to filter so- myself down kind of like plinko okay you know yeah sure uh, eventually i was at zero uh-huh. and when i was at zero it had taken maybe five years wow. for me to for me to hit zero
0: uh-huh.
1: um and it's taken me from you know five years at zero to go all the way back up at the top where I hold the chips again.
0: Right, right. Um, Now what was happening when you were uh, on the descent up first uh you know
1: uh those social apps that allow you to just participate in life all night long all day long any types of any time of day any any day or night i mean holidays no holiday it doesn't matter i started getting on the apps and i started meeting people that i wasn't being associated with in public and started having those behind doors uh, relationships with people. So again, I started living a double life.
0: Uh-huh, sure. You know,
1: I was, I was, you know, associating with the people that could get me anything I needed to when I needed it and treated me any way I wanted to. I mean, we didn't care. Yeah. And then I was trying to still have this relationship with people that I genuinely had an interest and a concern with and wanted to be a part
0: of. Yeah. And these were separate lives.
1: Uh, yeah. Completely separate lives, two different people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I started ruining the relationships with the people that I cared about. Yeah. Um, you know, and I talk about this in that documentary, you know, I started changing my behavior, uh, or started changing my goals to meet my behaviors. Oh, sure. So now it was like I didn't care if I showed up for work. You know, uh-huh. I, that that fix was much more important for me. Yeah. Um, I started changing the um, importance of the people that you know at once had meant everything to me. Now didn't really matter that much. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't show up for things when I said I was going to show up to them. Started doing half ass at the work that I was hired to do, and started becoming less and less desirable as any. Anything.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: Before you know it, I just found people that were okay with me being a junkie in my house. Yeah. And knew that, you know, I had a roof over my head. So they had a roof over their head. Sure. Started letting those people into my life. And before you know it, I was, um, and i was unrecognizable mm-hmm. absolutely unrecognizable yeah. to myself and to others and it was crazy because the people that i had once associated with lived right next door
0: but you don't see them when you're no, 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 in a psychic you could, space you can hear me they oh, could yeah. hear me oh i see
1: yeah they could hear me i mean we were literally divided oh i see by one wall like so the group of friends that i used to associate with that i i really wanted and really admired and wanted to be a part of their world um i kind of felt like looked at me as less than Uh and of course i was less than Uh i mean i wasn't i was no longer a desirable person to hang out with sure um i was no longer intriguing um but you could hear everything i was doing from the wall beyond so it was always this panic and this um uh i was uh I started getting into psychosis.
0: Okay, sure. You know
1: where I thought I, everybody was talking about me. Everybody, I mean, it became all yeah. about me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, well, and especially uh, coke or any amphetamine type thing will not help that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can you can uh, you can experience psycho. <laughs> <laughs> you can experience psychosis using anything for too long Yeah, that's true you know alcohol can put you into a psychosis meth can cocaine can weed can um it all can bring you into a state of psychosis it's just dependent on uh it just depends on how how well your your body can take it
0: sure and also where you're at and how much
1: of it you're doing
0: yeah that's true yeah and
1: that's the other thing you know it's like you know these things are controlled If, if you use the same uh liquid if you use the same amount of you know it's all it's regulated right yeah. Street drugs are not regulated. That's true. You get some stuff and you're like, Woo, I can't handle this, but yeah. I thought I was just gonna, you know, I thought I would just, so I, I was out of control. Yeah. I remember going to one of the local celebrities that's out and about and now owns places here in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I was doing his makeup for the, uh, American music awards. Mm-hmm. And, um, I showed up three hours late. I was a hot mess when I showed up there and, um, and I remember it was my birthday, and I remember they just looked at me and they were like, "We can't have you here anymore.
0: oh you know yeah. this just
1: isn't And I was like, "Oh fuck." right i I am that person now, right, and it wasn't long before that that I was homeless. it wasn't wow. long before that where all my stuff was strewn about the street, and um my life now was literally an open book, and so all I wanted to do was hide yeah, and I did. I spent a couple of years just hiding on the streets in other people 's homes, um down on Skid Row, in the park i mean wherever I could find i mean it's not even really like wherever i could find a space to lay my head it was really wherever i collapsed that's where i was wow um because i was so strung out yeah um and it was tough and also the
0: shame and embarrassment of what you had lost i'm sure just compounded things
1: but i wasn't for some reason and i'm so grateful that you know my voice inside my head kept telling me don't leave you can't leave where are you going to go Right. If you can't build yourself up back here, where are you going to build yourself up at? Right. And when you do build yourself up there, are you going to be happy?
0: Right. Yeah. I knew that the answer was no. So it's great that you were able to hang on to that uh, throughout all of these.
1: I mean, where where in the world do you want to be? If you're going to be homeless, you want to be in the warmth. I was already here. This is true. Yeah you know, hopping trains, getting arrested, stuff like that. And it's all circumstantial. Yeah. You know, I put myself into a situation where now I'm out on the streets. Now the police are bothering me all the time and my drug use is out in the open. And, um, I'm just, I'm an open target
0: and you're living basically moment to moment. I mean,
1: but I'm used to that.
0: Oh, uh, true. I'm fucking yeah.
1: used to that. I'm the king of moment to moment, Yeah, you know, and I'm great in, in panic situations Sure, and,
0: and, and sort of addicted to the chaos and the panic.
1: I don't know how any other way to live. Right. How else does a human being live if it's not in chaos? Right. Um, and so I, um, I just became, it just got to be one of those things where I was tired I was tired, I realized I had nothing. The voices in my head were really traumatizing me, um, almost petrifying me. Yeah. I was psychotic, yeah, right. and um I just needed help. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know how to find it. I didn't know where to get it. and um I just started seeking out rehabs. Okay. Where does a homeless person go for rehab?
0: Right. How do you even start this, the process? You go right back into the system again. Oh,
1: wow. And that okay. fucking petrified me.
0: Okay. I said, sure. there's
1: absolutely no way I'm going to become a ward of the state anymore. Right. I'm not going to do it. Right. I, there's no fucking way I'm going to give ownership of my life over to another person again. Right. To, to do what? to do something I don't even know is even possible. Yeah. I had just resigned myself to the fact that this is how life was going to be for me.
0: And you must've felt, I guess I'm going to be an addict forever. There's
1: no coming back from this. Yeah. My dad had died from addiction. You know, um, I'm not even sure what my mother is. I know she's a little, You know, I don't know if it's addiction or if she's just off a rocker, but, you know, she's, you know, I'm, I've, I've resigned myself to the fact that this is the life I'm meant to live. Yeah. And something in me just said, you, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You don't have to go this way.
0: Do you remember what was happening at the time when you had this realization, this sort of some, is that what people call moment of clarity?
1: uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a moment of clarity. I mean, I think that it's one of those moments that uh, you just can't hear anything else, but. Yeah, um, I think people hear it, but it, it's really soft. You know, and it's, it's like, easy to push away. Yeah, easy. Especially the higher you get. I think yeah. I just had one of those moments again, where I had so much sobriety in me, meaning I had nothing in me, um, and I was so dehydrated, so tired, so hungry. I was depleted of everything that I I was used to and that I needed. Where it was, um, I was going to break through the soil, or I was not going to come through at all. And now a special word from.
0: Hi, Divas. It's me, Rubber Child. And if you want to, I would appreciate it if you could check out the link in the description box down there a little bit lower for my GoFundMe for my medical transition. I would really appreciate it. And even if you can't, a little share is free. A little like is free. And I appreciate it. And I love you all. Mm, and don't you want to return that love? So that's right. Just take those fingers and go down just a little bit further and, uh, and <laughs> press right where you know where you should. <laughs> oh, see, you, you already feel the difference. Now, mm-hmm. donate. And share do both if you can't donate just share okay
1: yeah it was one of those things where a voice in my head said you know this isn't this isn't
0: you so how did you uh put that into actual practice
1: um i went to a a rehab out here in west hollywood and i lived outside their gates for about five months from summer to winter.
0: So for someone say who might be in a situation where they need to do that and they don't have any resources and they don't have a support system.
1: There is help available. There's a, uh, there's a group called path people assisting the homeless. Um, and they will help you get off the streets. There's the Weingart center downtown in, um, Skid Row off Skid Row. They will help you. There is the mission, which is directly Caddy corner from uh, the Weingart center. They will help you get Mm -hmm. off the streets. Um, they can't make you stay sober. They can't give you an apartment right away, but believe me after, you know, when somebody sees you willing and trying and going after it and doing everything you can to, to stay sober and to work hard, people start wanting to help you. Right, And that's what happened with me. You know, somebody wanted to help me out and give me an opportunity. So I started sleeping on a couch and then that couch gained into me having a job. And then that job gave me having, you know, I started living in a, a rental car and driving for Uber for the first year of my sobriety. Wow. You know, then I got an apartment and I relapsed. And then that spun me right back into where I was again. Uh So I've had to rebuild myself from homelessness, not just once, not twice, not three times, but several times because, um, when I gain it all back, I lose it very quickly.
0: Uh Um, and And, then how long would that, that, uh, those initial periods of sustaining last usually,
1: A couple months. A couple months of of doing really, really well, and then I was like, "Ah, I can handle it now.
0: Okay, so that's how the demon would present itself.
1: Oh, absolutely. Time alone in space by myself. Yeah, absolutely. Just idle time will definitely give you an opportunity to go "Mm," questioning. Sure. I don't know if this is necessarily what I want to do. And, you know, you start missing the, the, the feeling of, of the life that you've been living for the last five years, which is, you know, random sex and, you know, getting really high and those highs and lows, everything's nothing feels right. Mm-hmm. I mean, when so some, when something feels um, for me, I'm so used to the chaos yeah. that when it feels comfortable that feels uncomfortable. Yeah, I was so comfortable being uncomfortable that when I became comfortable, that became uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah, because you're not familiar with it. No, absolutely not.
1: Um, So I started creating chaos again. Um, And then when I realized that rehab wasn't gonna be it for me, because rehab didn't work the first time, it didn't keep me sober, um, I went on a, um, West Hollywood actually, you know, they some rehabs have like um, uh, where they'll give one bed up for yeah. somebody who has no money, no insurance, uh, you know, community bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I did for two months. Uh, and that's how I got sober the first time, the second and third time I went into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. And I know that, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, talk about, you know, AA is, you know, we're not promoting it, but that's how it helped me. AA helped me. And, um, you know, as long as I got in there, did what they said I was supposed to do, um, I found recovery in those rooms. Yeah. You got to do the fucking work though.
0: I know you're not supposed to talk about it, but I always think, well,
1: I think back in the days when the, when, when the program was created, I don't think that this you know, medium was Uh, ever something that they ever could have fathomed.
0: I agree. So I think
1: that a lot of people are trying really hard to, um, still honor the, um,
0: the initial principles, the initial
1: principles of the program, you know, how does it work and respecting that. And then at the same time, it's like, how do you expect people to get help if you don't go out there and let them know, right. I thought the only way to recover was through rehab. Right. I had yeah. no idea that there were other programs available out there that can help somebody.
0: Sure. And you then know? you must have felt a sense of uh, hopelessness and failure when the rehab didn't work. Well,
1: I think the hopelessness and failure came when I had to walk in front of a bunch of people in those rooms and those programs, homeless, carrying my stuff behind me. See, I'm used to hiding my, my homelessness.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. used to
1: putting it away and nobody even knows. Mm-hmm. Um, I was walking into those rooms completely disheveled, completely hopeless, yeah, helpless and exposed and exposed. Yeah. So I think that was the humiliating portion of it was, I was like, uh, okay, but if I don't do it,
0: what else is going to happen? Yeah. And of
1: course I came and I did that a couple of times yeah. and I'm grateful for the experiences that I had. But you know, um, this last time, the time, you know, this last one, when I was like, this is it, I'm never doing this again to myself was the moment that I had the idea of getting back and doing drag.
0: Amazing that it's, it's funny that, right. How that two things go hand in hand. I think it seems to me
1: what I realized for me was that when I put myself into a box 21 years ago, when I put that all away, when I gave all that up, I was hiding a part of myself that gave me an opportunity to be free. Yeah. See that 15 year old, 16 year old kid learned who he was as a gay man through drag.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah.
1: And then when he put it away, I no longer knew who I was as a gay man anymore, <laughs> right? You know, right. I started doing all those things, you know, all the, you know, cycles and, and putting myself into the gym all the time. I mean, I, I'll show you pictures. I mean, I was a 215 pounds of solid muscle yeah. when I moved here to Los Angeles. Uh-huh. i was a bulky motherfucker. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't me. That also too is drag.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, something yeah. I
1: got to maintain definitely because you know, and, and put on every day because yeah. that's not how it felt on the inside. Sure. Yeah. Um, But uh, I got this moment in my head where I was like, you need to do drag. You need to bring her back out. See, because when I was doing drag, I wasn't doing drugs. When I was doing drag, I was working my ass off, creating new costumes, creating new looks, learning new music. I was being creative. I was being part of my community. And I was choosing on what point I am, uh, uh, where I involved myself in that portion of the community. Sure. So I could have a drink or not. You know, yeah, it wasn't the focus it was. And it also wasn't the full blown addiction, right? You know, um, but when I put her away, I started hiding myself. I had to become other things. I started being deceitful and deceiving myself and others. And it just led to this huge long years and years and years and years and years of just utter chaos and destruction. Yeah. Um, and so when I brought her back out, I said, you know, once you put this on, you're never gonna be able to go back. Right. Everyone's gonna know your secret, your uh-huh. drag queen. Yeah. You know, you're gonna go out there as a sober drag queen. Yeah. You can't ever go back. And that's when it occurred to me that it was no matter what.
0: And that also must have helped in terms of personal accountability. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because now I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be the spokesperson for recovery and wellness. It's just who I am. Yeah. You know, and And it's your brand. My brand is I got to keep myself healthy. Right. You know, so it's, it's fucking selfish. Honestly, (laughs) if you you really want to know the truth, it's like, I have to tell everybody that this is who I am and this is what I've been through. And this is where, um, you know, where I'd like my life to continue because I don't ever want to go back that way. Of course. Um, and it just so happens to be helping a lot of people. I mean, you know, me putting my life out there and living my truth is hopefully allowing other people to put themselves out there and live their truth. Yeah. No matter how embarrassing, humiliating, um, or, you know, hopeless it may seem, I'm encouraging people to live their truth. Right. You know, it's been through my truth that I've been able to find, um, a lot of acceptance and a lot of love.
0: Oh yeah. Well, Um, when you fully embrace who you are and also don't hide it and all of that this is like back to the gucci bag thing right you just you you accept the things about yourself that maybe you don't like or whatever they are or the things that you do like sometimes that can be just as tricky because you have this uh, association with them that can be shameful or embarrassing whatever it is um once you fully become who you you should be which is who you are everything seems to be a lot easier afterwards
1: it is it's relative it is a lot easier don't don't get me wrong being a drag queen not easy yeah Yeah. no being yeah, you're right being a drag queen in west hollywood is not easy
0: okay Um, how so
1: doing doing what i've done in the last year and a half is unheard of
0: sure you know yeah Um, well when you told me earlier that it was only since 2018 yeah you're doing it and i was stunned yeah because yeah i wouldn't have guessed that if you had asked how long i just would have thought a lot longer do nope. you know what i mean no nope. yeah
1: nope i made a decision i was gonna do it i was gonna do it hard and i was gonna be the best at it i of course had all this conditioning as a child <coughs> excuse me sure. i of course had all this conditioning as a child growing up with drag queens growing up around drag being a good hairstylist and a great makeup artist and um you know, I was going to put all the things that I knew about it into this, this one more time. Yeah. And I was going to see if it didn't give me a little bit of relief. So again, it was all selfish. Well, yeah, but that's okay. I'm fine with it. Yeah, you know s- what Self-interest
0: I mean? and self-preservation and all that stuff. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. to sneeze at. You yeah. Know n- I mean? it's, nothing uh, at
1: all. There's a reason why people get up and go to work every fucking day. Yeah. Um, for me, it was really, I was petrified. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to become a part of my community again, but see, these are the people that saw me go downhill. Sure, so now was I going to go introduce myself again and get out into the real world again as this person that was such a failure and such a fuck up right um and it was also another excuse to put on drag, yeah, because I get out there, kind of see what was still out there, see if I had a place in it, and not be recognized right away
0: sure, sure, um now, how did you find people's reaction to that like the people in general that you had once hung out with that you know you felt you were thought of in a very negative way? When you met them again, what was it like?
1: You know what? It was a little disbelief. Like a, like people were in disbelief. Um, it was almost like mm, we'll we, see. We remember you, but we also remember what a mess you were. So yeah. I mean, we'll only time will tell. Sure. Um, and then when people saw how how determined I was, yeah. When people saw how. Um, committed committed i was you know yeah um, and sorry you know i mean drugs have done a lot to my brain i i am um, i find it sometimes hard to find the
0: words to oh, say been, what i'm I saying i think you've been doing just fine and also i love finding the words for because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> i great. feel like and i'm listening I, very a, intently hey, so it's
1: a community uh, it's a community project yeah um it, i'm it's like an, that too you know because you're trying to play. you're trying to express something <laughs> so
0: it's not necessarily as easy as like uh, delivering a written script or something you know your yeah. mind is trying to find the words that will help you to express exactly what you're feeling
1: yeah and this is all practice you know this yeah. is all practice um for me um i think that you know the, the hardest thing about changing in front of people that have seen you and know you to be a certain way is the distrust and the disbelief. Uh Um, because people are, aren't going to trust you right away. People aren't going to believe you right away. And that's fine. Sure. It's fine. I think the hardest thing for me being a queen now and being doing what I'm doing and being so out in the open in it is to hear people say things behind my back or to other people about my recovery Uh or, you know, Trying to make people believe that it's not real, yeah, um, sure, or that oh, girl, you know she's, you know, she's not really sober, yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking for me because f- for someone who has done it and done it the way I have, yeah, crawled back from nothing, for a member of my community to ever try to take that away
0: from and me, doubt you and, and or, yeah, or,
1: or or to try to make other people doubt me, right, right, is almost. It's despicable it and is, it's criminal.
0: Yeah. it's criminal. Yeah, no, it it's is. criminal. It's, it is. It's loathsome for people to, and it's such a casual thing that they do, and it's just like a, a quick little hit of uh, sick delight on their part.
1: Yeah, and and it, but you know what? At the same time, it's also pitiful because it, it makes me realize that there are some people that no matter what you do in your life, they could never go through what you went through. Right. There are people out here in our community that are very visible people in our right. community right. that aren't well. That's true. They don't promote wellness. They're not healthy people. They yeah. don't do things that are healthy for themselves and for the
0: community. And I hate it when they see someone and they doing can't
1: that. stand to see somebody come back and be good at what they're doing. Yeah. And so I deal with that a lot. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I have to like sit back and I have to go, is this something that I really want? Do I want to react to this person? Because right. I could easily react. Yeah. I could easily react and it would be completely non-conducive yeah you know because that's
0: the thing and that's a tricky one to learn
1: yeah I, at, at, at what cost is it self-preservation is it trying to educate someone um at what point don't i care right. i know my truth yeah you know i think that's that's the other thing i know my bag is real yeah right. i don't give a fuck
0: what you think about it <laughs> right exactly and uh it's a key thing to learn that what others say doesn't really matter unless you make it something that matters to you it's not true unless you believe it that's right it's not fucking true exactly
1: um i think it's just you know it's tough you know trying to work in separate certain places trying to do drag in certain places you know people yeah, there are a lot of people that don't want a queen that's like, oh, well, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, because
0: it makes them feel a little kind of way about their own habits. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's like a, it's like someone celibate going into a sex club. You know, it's like, well, well <laughs> right. I'm not going to take my clothes off and everybody else is naked. You know what I mean? It's like a little like unnerving. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that I'm trying to break down the walls and break down the barriers of what... Um, health is for me as an individual and still being okay to walk amongst my community as a contributing member of it, just because I'm gay, just because I'm a drag queen, just because I'm perform and just because I'm sober doesn't mean I don't belong in a bar. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't deserve an opportunity to work amongst my fellow brothers and sisters, regardless of what their habits are, regardless of what their choices are. It doesn't mean I don't deserve an opportunity to survive. And I have managed to find a way to survive in my environment in my community. And I deserve a chance.
0: And how do you find mixing with people that are either not well or partying or whatever you want to call it? Uh, you know, it's crazy. I have, um, I I'm a master of disguise
1: and it's very easy for me to pretend as if it's okay. Uh-huh. It's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to say that, you know, it doesn't bother me behind the closed doors and that people who are the closest to me don't hear me say something about it. Yeah. Um, but I can, I, I can, I can make you pretend I can, I'm sorry. That's all right. I can, I, do that I all can the time. almost pay no attention right. to someone that wants to destroy me. Sure. And still make them feel like they're the only person in the room. Gotcha. And that's because I've been able to understand where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I'm showing them compassion. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk about me behind my back. Try to destroy me amongst my peers and amongst the community. You won't succeed. Because I made that determination. And and I made that that commitment to myself when I said no matter what. And I put that fucking wig on. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it and no one in the world is going to stop me. There's not one person in the world. So if you're in control of bookings and this, that, and the other, and you don't like me as a person, you can't deny that I'm a good queen. Right. You can't deny that I'm a good entertainer. Yeah. Go ahead. Not like me on a personal level, but that's your mistake because your people that are coming into your club are missing out on something that's really fucking good.
0: Right. And I think that's a good thing for people to remember too. It's uh if someone has it in for you or doesn't like you, it's their problem,
1: yeah, one hundred percent, and you know what it no it really doesn't concern me, but it is something to be aware of, yes, yeah, you sure, know, sure. coming back from you know where I've been through doesn't automatically give me license to just interact with people as if i'm just meeting them for the first time sure i don't know maybe someone has a a a prior thing that they're hanging on to that you know is a grudge or or some you know bad interaction or bad just something that they remember about me that doesn't make them feel good i don't know i don't care anymore this is who i am this is who i am now and i'm gonna fucking continue doing it i'm gonna continue doing it
0: great and and where do you uh often perform
1: uh, I perform
0: everywhere. Yeah. I mean, anywhere. I mean, favorite places and, is what I meant to say. Uh, I think.
1: Favorite places. I mean, honestly, I don't really have. That's the thing. Drag is so political. West Hollywood is so political. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? There are places that I love to perform, but it's anybody that'll give me the opportunity to perform on their stage. Sure. That's my favorite place to perform. I don't have a specific place that I love performing. Yeah. I mean, granted, I love it when the 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 environment is conducive for performances. West Hollywood is filled with cobblestone floors and you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like yeah. you're walking in heels on cobblestone. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. not necessarily my favorite place to perform, yeah. but I'm grateful for the job. I'm grateful for the gig. And believe me, I put my all into it. Yeah. Um, I, I would really like to remove myself away from the politics of drag and the politics of nightclubs. Mm-hmm. I feel like if there's an opportunity that's available for me to work i should be able to work there regardless of who my friends are regardless of what um what clubs i normally perform at let's let's break all that fucking down every time we separate ourselves and divide ourselves into a category we're just removing ourselves from community that much more so i mean do i have a favorite place yeah the ones that pay me
0: yeah that sounds like an acceptable answer for favorite for sure now, <laughs> yeah. you have a lot of interesting stuff coming up this year right you're filming I something i am i'm uh, filming
1: soon. um i'm filming right now with uh hbo mm-hmm. um i'm so grateful for my opportunity um as a makeup artist uh to be able to work on this show with Eureka o'hara um yuriko o'hara is another i mean fuck, she's one of those people in my life that has uh, transform my life,
0: really? Yeah, yeah, she
1: she saw something in me. She saw that there was an opportunity to include me in on her life, and she said, "Hey, come on, let's go. That's great. I yeah. need you." And I was like, ah, "Are you sure?" Uh-huh. Now here I am in West Hollywood doing this drag thing, and now I'm sidetracked. I'm you know going off, and I'm traveling to these remote locations, yeah. and I get to do very sisterly and very friendship things with somebody that I admire and look up to. Eureka O'Hare is probably one of the um most interesting people i have ever met mm-hmm. um and been afforded an opportunity to get so close to so fascinating she is yeah um but yeah i get to do this hbo show with her um it's called we're here and it comes out in the spring mm-hmm. and um what i thought was going to be behind the scenes kind of camera you know work is now turning to me being in front of the camera oh, that's great and that's fucking mind-blowing right i mean a year and a half ago i had nothing yeah i was struggling i was on the street i you know what i mean two and a half years ago i was even more worse off than i was then you know i mean it's just like to think to think that in the past three years my life has gone from where it was to where it is now yeah. is unheard of. Sure. And I never thought that it was going to be possible. Actually, that's not true. I knew it was going to be possible. I just didn't know how quickly it was going to be possible.
0: And also experiencing it rather than just having this faith that this will work out is a whole other kettle of fish Yeah, actually going through the vortex uh, yeah. in a good way.
1: Yeah. And and that's the thing. I I mean, when you're on the path that you're supposed to be on, everything just kind of opens for you.
0: Yeah, you that's don't true. have
1: to force it. You don't have that's to force true. feed it. Every and that's time why we were talking up. about
0: timing before. I didn't mean to catch you. up. We were talking about cut timing before. <laughs> that voice? Oh my God, <laughs> cut me off, cut me off. Well, we were talking about timing before and that's another thing that it's can be hard to learn. Sometimes opportunities don't work out, but that's really in the end because you weren't on the path that you were supposed to be on. It
1: wasn't the right time. Right. It wasn't the right time. Yeah. It wasn't my time. I think that being alone and having that much opportunity to be by myself has now given me the opportunity to become an interesting person. Sure. Now I actually have something to bring to the table instead of all these victim things that I had been a part of for so many years and so long, all this this trauma that I had gone through as a child that didn't make me interesting. Mm -hmm. That made me a victim right you know what was right. That? nobody nobody takes a victim and is like oh
0: so in such an interesting person i gotta hang around them more i want to see them more yeah. i mean
1: uh you know britney spears you know britney spears is so much more fascinating to me now post 2007 uh-huh. than she ever was to me pre 2007 sure yeah yeah you know and i think it's the comeback
0: yeah absolutely it's, it's what you do with the circumstances that you're in how you move to the next step instead of just uh, uh, wallowing.
1: Yeah, and not even just how you move to the next step, but how can you help somebody else as you're moving through it? Sure. I don't know if necessarily I'll be a part of all the people's lives that I'm a part of now for the rest of my life, but I know that the part of the life that I have been a part of right now has been impactful, Yeah, it has been meaningful, Yeah, it has been purposeful, Mm -hmm. and that's all I really care about now. I just wanna impact people on a positive level now.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Rather Which I think, than- you know,
0: you are, and certainly on this show is going to people are going to hear hear your story and it, it will definitely affect them in a very positive way
1: i mean they'll hear snippets the show's not about me it's about eureka and bob and shangela yeah and um well, i'm at this episode I, now I, oh yeah. this one this one currently i've been here so long talking about <laughs> our, i've been talking to you i forgot i was on a show that's good that's good um, that's what my like. hand is so numb to holding this microphone <laughs> i don't even realize it's there <laughs> but um you know yeah it, being on this show uh gives me an opportunity to interact with people, um, your audience, and it gets to introduce me to people that I don't know yet. You know, I was listening to uh, the podcast last night and listening to the uh, interactions that you have with so many people that I love and that I admire. And um, I just can't believe that I'm sitting here now. <laughs> I mean, because never ever before in my life did I ever think I would be one of those people that could be in association with the people that I admire,
0: because oh, wow, okay. I have
1: put on a pedestal for so many years these people, sure. you know? It's just crazy to think that <laughs> I'm mean, i I'm even in a podcast that they have been a part of, uh, they've sat here on this couch, Yeah, it means the world to
0: me. Oh, that's lovely, yeah. It means the world to well, it's me. It's lovely having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. In closing, I'd like to ask if there's anything that you'd like to suggest to anyone who might be struggling that's listening to this about what steps they can take. Now, we went over some of them before, But even something small that they could do if it feels like it's an insurmountable task for them to get themselves out of the place that they're in, whether it be drugs or an eating disorder or anything that they feel is um, going to cause their doom. Um, For me, I would say stop. Ask for help. Let your problem be known. Yeah.
1: As soon as you shine light on it, it no longer is your problem. Mm-hmm. Now it's your community's problem. Sure. And other people will help you find a way through it. Um, trust yourself and listen to yourself. That's it. And and when I say listen to yourself, I mean, get quiet long enough to hear the voice in your head that tells you what you should be doing next. Um, for me, it's as simple as getting up. Yeah. I just have to get up mm-hmm. and then once I get up I take that next indicated step which is oh go to the bathroom yeah. and stop living in the future yeah stop living in the future that for- is the that is the number one thing for me stop living in what you think it will be because believe me <laughs> it is not going to be anywhere near what you thought it would be yeah. I, if I if a year and a half ago I would have you know, thought for one second that I'd be sitting on this couch or working on this show or having the friendships that I have with people or even having a voice of which that people want to hear,
0: I would have told you you're fucking lying. Sure. So don't stop moving forward. Right. And I think with that, um, find the intention that you want to put out in the world and follow that because like we said earlier, uh, the paths will open up to you or the doors will open up to you. You just got to keep walking through them. Yeah. You just got to keep walking through them and, you know, have an idea of either some success or some goal, but not dwell on the future. I think to follow your instinct and your gut about what you want to be and who you want to be and how you want to be while you're achieving that, Yeah, that will all fall into place once you Put that thing out there, yeah. Yeah.
1: And also, don't forget about the hopes and dreams you had when you were young,
0: right? Because often that's the same thing you want now. Yeah, pretty much exclusively. And you'll
1: find looking back that all the things that you've been through have given you a specific resume to proceed in that. That's uh, and be really successful
0: at it. That's absolutely true. Yeah, you know, if I would
1: have never met all the things that and done all the things that I'd done, I wouldn't be who I am right now. And this is, I believe. I'm on the path and I'm, I'm, I'm following my true purpose and where that leads, who knows?
0: Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a wonderful note to close on. And six, I want to thank you for being on the show Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Head on over to patreon.com slash Craig and friends. Check out the reward tiers. See which one works best for you. Sign on up and then get ready for an ocean of content while supporting the show.